Your name is Stryker? Yes, it is. That's fire. <laughs> wow. I love sandwiches. It's called tuna on toast. I, I, I spit. I don't know what I'm doing. I love music, and I love those that create it. Stryker's here. Tuna on toast. Yes. Tuna on toast. Yeah, welcome to another episode of Tuna on Toast. It is Ted Stryker. Thanks for being here. Okay, the reason why you should listen to every second of this episode if you've never heard of my guest before, he'll join us in just a minute. His name is Michigander, Michigander, real name Jason Singer. But you need to hear his story because you're just going to like the way he talks, the rhythm of his voice. He's very charming. Plus, when you learn about someone's determination and things they've had to overcome, and you're going to be like, you know what? I am down with this guy. Then you're going to listen to the music and you're going to say, wow, this guy's talented. And it just goes to show you, no matter where you're from, whether you're raised in Los Angeles or you're from Midland, Michigan, which is where Michigander is from, if you're talented and you put in the work, there's a chance that things are going to go okay for you. I mean, this guy's collaborated with Manchester Orchestra. Also, he collaborated with Chris Caraba on his new record. When I say his, Michiganders, which is out. The new EP is called It Will Never Be The Same. He made his debut in 2018. He just works. He tours. He tours. He practices. And Michigander is the guy. So let's just get to it. And by the way, thanks again for listening and supporting Tuna on Toast. It's basically a one-man operation. There's no corporation behind me telling me who I should chat with or, or, or what my questions need to be. It's all about my love of musical artists, whether it's Tom Morello, Tom DeLonge, Mike Shinoda, or up-and-coming artists that I think should be on your radar. Please rate this podcast. Write me a one-sentence review. Check out my YouTube, Tune on Toast with Stryker. And without any further ado, let's get to it. Please welcome to Tuna on Toast. This is Michigander. Right. Hi. Hey, welcome yeah. to Tune on Toast. That's this for you a, right there. This is a comfy chair. I can tell. This is going to be a nice... Yes. Oh, you used a coaster. I use a coaster. I love coasters. I found I found a coaster that I love, and they're, they're wool. Wool coasters? But apparently, they used to have wool coasters in, like, Germany. Yeah. And at bars, and they would soak up all the <laughs> stuff, and then they would evaporate <laughs> over time. Uh, I am a wool coaster guy. I found some in, like... New York, and I bought them. Expensive for coasters, but they're cool. Chris Caraba's been on the show. I don't think he respected my wood here. He went straight wood. He did? Until I said, wait, wait, hold on a minute. Is that the test, if this is going to be a good episode or not? It's not about a good episode. It's just about, like, is the person mentally scattered right now? Because I know everyone wants to use a coaster. And it's like 50-50 on people using the coaster and not using the coaster. I have to use the coaster. That's good. I feel, I, feel hor- I, I get upset when people come in my studio and don't use the coaster. You do? Because I bought a coaster for the guest. <laughs> I did a session with a guy in Nashville, and he didn't have coasters, so I bought him coasters. That's so sweet of you. Yeah. I'll send you some coasters. Uh, that would be incredible. They're really exciting. I, they're just square. They're pretty looking. I'm so happy to meet you in person because, correct me if I'm wrong, but you and I have an online real relationship. We have an online relationship. We do. Yeah, we are in love online. And it's been going on for a while because on my show Out of Order, which is heard nationwide, I've blasted your music numerous times. Thank you. Yeah. Of course. So it always it always really does mean a lot to me. It does. That you care about it. Oh yeah. 
I don't take anything for granted. Like a small town kid, you know? If anything happens, I'm just like, whoa, that's cool. This is cool. I'm excited. I'm excited. I've been doing this a long time, but I still feel like a rookie. I still get goosebumps and so excited if I hear a new band or a solo artist that I like because we got to get this person, whoever it is, uh-huh. to the whatever the little next level is. Thanks, and then man. once they get there, they get to the next level after that. Yeah, it feels cool. It feels like things are working, which is weird. I had to break my leg for things to work. I made a jump ahead in your scenario. That's all that's, right. Yeah. Was it one year ago that that happened or what? Oh, yeah. So it was uh, September. September of? 2022. Okay. September 2022. You're filming a video for Superglue? For Superglue. And you're somewhere in the L.A. mountains. Angela's Crest. Uh, and it was, uh, but it was beautiful. Beautiful place out there. We were shooting and it was going great. And then I slipped, and broke my leg. And, in three uh, places? In three places. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was terrible. And then the people at USC, Verdugo Hills, mm-hmm. were the ones who put it back together, mostly. And uh, this is the first time I've been in Los Angeles since it broke. So I have like oh, this weird, like, wow. oh man, I'm going to break something else. Except You're the not, hearts. Right, except the hearts. Yeah. <laughs> but the question that I want to start with is not about how you feel physically. When I heard that this happened... There was some real momentum happening with you. And I could see also on social media, you were so freaking excited for the upcoming months in year. Then you get totally knocked. This wasn't like a bad toothache you got. You were laid up. So what was it like mentally? Did you get to low places or no? Yeah. So it it was, you know, I'm 30 and I haven't, and I've been very fortunate to have really privileged and good life my whole life and everything has been great mostly. But, you know, that happened and kind of like took the wind out of my sails pretty hard. And then three weeks later, my wife actually got in an accident. And that was also like even worse, you know. So both these like two of like the worst things that traumatic, like true trauma, which I've never really experienced before. And so I didn't know how to navigate it uh, on my own um, back to back uh, and kind of just destroyed everything that or like put on hold everything I was doing. Um both those events and it was tough, but, uh, you know, I learned how to make the most of therapy and, um, physical ther- therapy, physical therapy, and brain therapy, right. yeah. did EMDR, uh, which oh, is, wow. um, crazy cool and like changed my life. Like, I'm like, I feel like such a, you know, I don't feel like, I feel like as humans, we're not like, um, we don't change unless we're like forced to change unless something terrible happens. Yes. And then we're like, how do we become better? Like, post pandemic how what are things we can do better you know restaurants got really good at delivery um right um, right we a lot of like terrible systematic things in the world in our country got exposed and now people are like how do we make those better and then people had like time to do intro in like reflect and how do we how do we do that we were forced to change and uh it's you know that's like the silver lining of all like the bad things is we can we have two options what we can do with it we can let it run it, or we can try to figure out a better way to do it. When I hear you mention how during the pandemic there were changes that needed to happen, I didn't realize the changes I needed till the pandemic was over. Yeah. I was in the middle of that year, year and a half, two years, thinking, I'm great, I'm normal. But when it was done, and over the last maybe seven to nine months, I've been in such a worse place than I was during the pandemic and it's I'm in that place because of those events yeah 
And I'm a little disappointed in myself that I didn't attack those issues in the moment. Right, because do you feel like after so like after everything everything was kind of slowing down in a way, maybe you were busier. Uh, who knows? Because you do audio stuff, so usually right. audio folks uh, were very busy during the pandemic. I was. I mean, yeah. every single day I was doing stuff and then editing and then figuring out, okay, how can I also shoot some video and right. Yeah. yeah so was, you, so you, you all, it did expose it for you, but it just took a little longer. Right. And I think there's, there's a lot of people. They are like, man, I, I noticed all this stuff, but now I have to keep going and, and figuring out at the same time the pause has lifted in some ways. Is it, uh, you can say, I don't want to answer, but what was your wife's accident? Oh, yeah. So she um, works at a music venue in Nashville um, where we live, and she was walking to work. Walked up to a stop sign, truck stops, she starts to walk, and the truck goes and like runs her over, like no, physically runs over her body. No. Uh, and then I get a call from a valet guy, just happened to be on the scene, and he's like, Hey, your wife's been a horrible accident. I don't know if she's okay. Where are you in this I'm happens? at home with a broken leg, so I can't drive. Right, you can't drive and probably can't get around that well no. in your place. Yeah, I so I'm just, oh my I have like God. a knee scooter, and I'm like <laughs> thinking for like 45 minutes to an hour that, like, She's gone, uh, which is like, that just throws you in a loop. Yeah. So I'm just packing up my bag, calling friends, being like, I need to ride to the hospital. I'm like watching her location on the Apple phone thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, oh, she's at the hospital. There she is. And like I, like five minutes before I get there, she calls me, thankfully. And she's like, hey, I've been in a horrible accident. I think I'm okay. I don't know. And I said, okay. Well, I'm almost there. And then five days in the hospital. uh gets home and then just like months of recovery at the same time I'm recovering luckily we have like really great family and and our like support system in Nashville friends and everything are so so great and uh that's just another like reason why I'm like lucky you know to have people that are awesome and can help um but yeah the worst and then it's seasonal depression on top of that just like getting dark and all of that just on one thing sucks and, uh, but we are better than ever. Really, like, truly. All in the first six months of marriage, too. Oh, Just boom, boom, boom. Man. Uh, I believe in the following, and you can call me a lunatic, that's fine. When people are really connected, uh-huh. they feel each other's pain. Yeah. In my relationship, it's happened twice. I hurt my shoulder so bad I was out of commission with it for five months. On the third oh, day, it was hurt. I couldn't even pick up a backpack. The third day I was hurt... My partner had something terrible happen to her in the middle of the night. We had to call 911. I can't even move. The ambulance guys think I'm the one that, I'm like, no, she's on the ground in the bathroom right now. They take her away. I couldn't even get anywhere. And I was like, you, I'm calling all my friends. You got to take me to the hospital right now. Yeah. And I'm like, that is, and that happened one other time where I was laid out for something, not nearly as bad as with your leg. And then within 24 hours, she had something happen. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, it's funny because I remember, like, there was one of the days, like, I can't get any worse than this. Uh, <laughs> and she's, like, washing my gross cast-filled foot uh, oh, God. one day. And yeah. like, it won't be any worse than this. And then, it, boom, it did. But uh, luckily, we are on the up and truly better. Than, like Good. You know, like, we were forced to figure things out, and it made us stronger and better. Uh, yeah. For those of you that are new to Michigander, again, the song uh, and the video that he was shooting was for Super Glue. And that's when he took the tumble and broke the leg in three places. But in the music video, you actually have some footage of you on the ground. Yeah. 
and the <laughs> medical personnel who do an amazing job are there with you. Yeah. Thank I just want to say, whoever decided to keep filming, let's give them like an Oscar yeah, or that something. Was Justin. He said, okay. he said, You could cool if I keep filming. I said, dude, please just keep filming. I don't know. This is kind of funny. And I was like, oh. like the if you can listen to the footage, which I'm just trying to make everybody laugh the whole time. And then oh. nothing hits it doesn't hit me until I get into the ambulance and then it just like all the, the adrenaline goes away. How painful was it? Horrible. At first, I didn't think it was that bad because the adrenaline was so crazy. And I was trying to stand up. Like, we'll just, I was like, let's just get me down. We'll go to Walgreens. We'll wrap this up with some ice <laughs> on it. We'll shoot tomorrow. The crazy part is I was just trying to be in and out in 36 hours to shoot this video because we had a tour. And then uh, that did not work. So no more mountains for me. Even um, though you're in a mountain I'm right in a now, mountain my right place now. where you're getting yeah. like a little like anxiety because w- there's pebbles to there's get in. There's pebbles. I know. <laughs> David, David says, don't fall. Don't fall. Oh, God. Be careful. <laughs> if you use my restroom here, I need to warn you. Okay. I'm- the, le- <laughs> the, the, the bathroom is one inch higher than the ground you'll be walking from to oh, get in it. I would definitely break my arm on that. So somehow. don't stub your yeah. toe on that. What kind I'm, of shoes are you wearing? I'm wearing these Nike Hiraches. Jesus, those are good looking. They are good. Wow. I bought them for the tour last year, <laughs> and I just kept had to keep them in a box till till now. So I just broke them out. It will never be the same as the name of the new EP. And is that the title as a result of the things you went through, or that was the title already before? The title already before. Oh my god, which is weird and freaky. Um, the, yeah, it's just about how, like, what I was saying. It's about how we are forced to be better people. But like at the still time, at the same time, still like honoring your past. I think like that's really important to like know where you came from as a person, and like being like, what did I learn from that time? Mm. Like, who are my family? Who are my friends? Mm. Who are those human beings that are so important to me? I think that's really. I think that's easy to forget. Uh, luckily for me, like everybody in my band and my crew are just like my friends. They're like friends first. It's really hard for me to like have people in the van who aren't friends. It's just like they have to be buddies. That's a huge important thing for me, and I want to like try to continue to do that that way. But yeah, that's what it's, the record's about. I heard Tom Hanks say many, many times that all the projects that he does are really about the hang. Of course, you have to do good work when the cameras are rolling, whether it's the director, the producer, the catering. But there's so much hang time. There's so much in between time. the shooting or in between your shows. You want it to be with good people. And I think there's so many people out there of all ages who are trying to get gigs or have gigs who don't realize that if you're not a good hang, you're not going to get to the place you want to go to. Yeah. I also think it's just important. Like, it's cool to do stuff with your friends. Like, you see all these these groups of people, like, that are in bands and stuff. And those, like, you're always like, I want to be a part of that friend group. It's like, but I have my own friend group. Let's just do our own thing here. I don't need to like awkwardly insert myself inside some other group of musicians or group of what artists or whatever. And it's just like, I got these people with me. Like in Nashville, I have all these friends who are just doing amazing work that I think is like for the first time, it's like all my friends are making my favorite music and that's, and it just feels really special and like maybe the start of something really cool. And it's really exciting to watch. And that's just, and it's also like, we're all good. Hang, like everyone's just a good hang because we are legitimate friends. Uh, my friend Abby Holiday, who's on the tour yeah. with us, is like like from Nashville. Her husband's in her band, and like another guy from Nashville, and we're just all buddies, you know. It feels cool for your band, Michigander. You are Michigander. I am the Gander, right? You are the Gander. <laughs> and then, how many uh, folks are part of the band? Yeah, I got, who are they? I got Jake Lamond on guitar. And how long have you known him? Uh, 
well, out of the band at least, but still a long time. Okay. I don't even know how long. Maybe six years. Oh, cool. Uh, and then Aaron is my drummer. I've known Aaron since I met Aaron when he was in second grade. <laughs> but we've been playing music together since like seventh or eighth grade. Now you were you weren't in like past college when he was in second grade. You were no, young too. I was, yeah, okay. I wasn't like All grooming right. this little second grader to be my drummer. Um, no, this is a <laughs> this is a real just friendship. And then um, my bass player Conzo, uh, he is uh, I've just known him forever too. It's from our, me, Aaron, and Conzo are all from the same tiny, tiny town, Midland, Michigan. Midland, Michigan. Yeah, wasn't that the name of one of your the first EP is called yeah, Midland? The fir- yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. Now uh, I've been to Michigan oh. maybe four to six times. Oh, awesome! What part? Uh, the Detroit area. Yeah, awesome. So where is Midland then in relation to that? Midland. I'm holding up my hand. Okay, for the yes. viewers at home. Uh, Midland is uh, two hours north of Detroit. Two hours, okay. The fanciest restaurant is like an Applebee's. That's uh, right up my alley, though, just yeah, so you know. Yeah, get half off apps. <laughs> There's wings, get those mozzarella sticks. Is it good. close to Canada? Uh, No, can- Detroit's actually like, you know, Canada's right on the other Windsor. side of the river. Windsor's right on the other side of the river. Yeah. Um, I mean, Michigan is borders Canada, so you can get to Canada pretty quick. How did you discover your music? I don't mean like, oh, I saw it on YouTube, or but like, who are the influences for you? Not the bands, but the yeah. humans that led you to have musical taste. It's it's that's interesting. Couple, like the main thing that I'm like, I recently tried to like sit down and like write out my story. Not like I'm writing a book or anything. Just yeah. like, how do I like quantify what I'm thinking and all my life into like <laughs> a couple pages? And like the main thing that really influenced my music like taste and discovery was like, so I grew up in like early two thousands. Um, we didn't have like the internet really. It was like what we had on the radio. We live in a small town. So there was, there was just like top 40, right. Uh, which really wasn't my thing. Um, so you weren't hearing like blink and the new white stripes and incubus. Well, or- to, so the white stripes were like, I remember being at my friend's house, uh, out and like we played a band in the barn like played in a barn like all night because cool. there's nobody around. So we played till like two in the morning. Yeah. And we we're just playing covers or whatever, rush covers, like whatever we could. Whoa. But I remember his bro- older brother who lived in the attic came home one day and he's like, got this VHS tape. And it's a VHS tape of the White Stripes playing at the Magic Stick in Detroit, which is an iconic venue. Okay. Um, and, there, and we watched the White Stripes play on a VHS tape, it's like a bootleg. Just the two of them on stage? Yeah, just the two of them on stage. Crazy. And I was like, Wait, how is that? Wait, they're from here? And he's like, yeah. And they're like, that's a lot of people in the crowd. And they're like, yeah, they're from Michigan. They're from Detroit. And I was like, how is that? They're like rock stars. How is that? So like Jack White was like the first like person I was like, oh. And then like, I don't know, I tried to wear like eyeliner, just like be like him and like try to be cool. I don't even know if he wore on it. He, he just looked cool. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. He's he Jack did. White. Yeah, he's he Jack still White. looks right. cool. A um, red shirt with white pants? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I like ama- that on Yeah, him. amazing. <laughs> um, and so... Seeing that and being like, okay, that's really cool. Then then I was like, that's my one source of inspiration uh, I could see. But then the other thing that was huge for me was just like, my, like not a plug, but my public library. Like we went, I would go to the public library in my town and they would have all these CDs. And it was just like, here's what's hot right now. <laughs> you know, like it was crazy because it's like the main room and it has like all the gram it's probably it's got to be Grammy. i don't know what how they chose but it's it had to be grammy related i assume and so they do all this stuff and they put the they put the cds out it's like i don't know who Nora jones is but that is like oh. the record they that they're 
pushing to me. Right. So I'd rent that, and I'm like, I don't know who John Mayer is, but Room for Squares sounds cool. So I'll grab that. And, like, uh, what is um, Russia Blood of the Head? And like, all these records, and, like, away, and what's this? I have chills. I'm thinking about this. But, like, you know, like, Oasis, and, like, yeah, all these records, yeah, yeah. and you 2 and just, like, taking them home and, like, shamefully ripping them to my Dell laptop <laughs> and just like listening to them with like plug, like opening my laptop, plugging my headphones in and just listening to this music like all the time and being so, like, what is this? And then that was, that was how I like found bands. Now those particular artists you named, I'm, you don't sound like them, but it wasn't Metallica and system of a down and Papa Roach and Lincoln park. Right. It's a much different. That's sound what all my friends that. were listening to. Like my friends were listening to that kind of stuff. And I was like, I don't know, man, I don't have, but then when we moved the, the library was a little nicer. Okay. The teen section. And that's when I discovered dashboard. That's our confession. Yeah. Yes, it was like crazy. And like yeah. death cab and uh, all these <sighs> other bands. And I was like, what is this stuff? And then like, and they can be rock stars, specifically Ben Gibbard. Yeah. I will follow you in the dark. It's so soft, yeah. but it's a it's a total rock song. Yeah, I remember hearing that and just being blown away and be like, "How?" And that's like they're like, "That's a big song." It's just him and a guitar playing white tees. I remember that. Oh like, yeah. yeah, all these records, and it was just like I would just take the CDs and I would scan the artwork so my iTunes library looked cool, and I had like a little junky iPod eventually that someone gave, like one of my friend's moms gave me or something, and. Plugged it in and rock wow. So when or how did you decide that you wanted to do music? I think it was the only option. I was horrible at school. You were horrible. I you're so well spoken and you have such a good energy. I would think the schooling would be somewhat easy for See, you. See, I just tricked my teachers. My teachers loved me, <laughs> but I like just would wander the hallways, sit in the bathroom, play on my Game Boy, and yeah. like bring my guitar to school and keep it in the band room. Really, you brought oh, yeah. it to school? Oh yeah, I was. Who, I who was, got you your guitar? Your first guitar? My first guitar I found in my dad's closet. My second guitar I bought for a hundred dollars. Uh, and then like my, my first like real guitar, I saved up all this money. It was six hundred bucks, and I bought a Takamine acoustic guitar that I just got like fixed up for the first time in my life. I'm, it's at home. I was so excited to see it. Yeah, and I would just bring it to school, and I would play it at lunch. And then my band teacher, shout out Jake Barkell, he would uh, he was like really su weirdly supportive of me, like doing the music thing. And um, he would like sh he's like he showed me Radiohead for the first time. Oh. He showed me like. I think he showed me Dave Matthews for the first time, like The Roots. Yeah. And he, like, showed me these bands. He's like, what do you think of this? Bjork. All these bands. It was just really cool, too. Was he your music teacher? He was a teacher He's at a school? He was a band teacher, but he, but he there was also, like, I went to a really tiny school, because small town, and there was, like, a music production class that I did with him. Oh, cool. And then, for some reason, they gave me some, they needed, like, me to do some kind of credit, so I was, like, his assistant or something for an hour. And during that class, it was just, like, goof off. Like, I would just, like, play piano, and he would work on stuff, and I you know, I, I didn't do anything in school. The teachers liked me, but I did didn't do anything. I was horrible. I don't I don't know how I made it through. With the influence from the gentleman that you just mentioned, when did you get the eye of the tiger about I want to do this? I'm not just going to play Game Boy. I'm not going to be lazy. I have to put my energy into this if I want to do something with music. Yeah, I was horrified because. You know, senior years approaching, all of your friends are like, I'm going to college for marketing. I'm going to college for <laughs> international relations. And I'm like, man, I don't want to do any of that. I don't, I can't know how you can afford that. I just want to like play songs. And so, like, senior year of high school, I started like secretly driving to the, my parents were really trusting of me. They didn't know, ever know what I was doing, but 
and would just drive to this nearby college town where Central Michigan University is. There was open mics there. There were like bars that would pay you to play for three or four hours. And I would just sit there and play covers, and that's how I made money. Wow. And I would just like hone the crap. And then I would do my own songs. And it was just like they'd give you like $50 tab. And I couldn't drink. So it was like I would just $50 tab worth of food, invite my friends. They'd sit. We just sit there till one in the morning. But three hours of songs. For like, yeah, just like that covers. Is, the, yeah. That sounds like the, but still, the greatest training oh, yeah. that you could ever have. To be put up there for that long and do cover songs. Yeah. Were you ever nervous doing it? I was nervous at first, but then I realized no one even cares. Like, eventually, I was just like, I'm just going to sit in the corner, play these songs, get paid, eat dinner, and then get home at 2 in the morning. And and my parents, don't, they didn't care. I don't, it's weird looking back at that 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 moment in the story. They don't, they didn't care. But it was, uh. Probably because they had faith in you, trusted you, and saw that you were good. Yeah, maybe. I think that, I hope that's true. But it was just, it's just, it was just, that's what I did for so long. And then I moved and got the band rolling and started selling tickets. Uh, ben Gimbert calls it friend rock, where you just, the genre where you're only playing to your friends. Yeah, right. And that was like yeah. that, it was like that for so long. But since I was such an outgoing person and my friends and the, who were playing, we were all going, we had a lot of friends. So it was like, and they brought their friends to these shows. People started noticing like, oh, this band could sell some tickets. Got to open for like Tokyo Police Club. and Oh, wow. Uh, like. These like smaller indie bands who yeah. were like, coming through that needed local support in Michigan, and there weren't a ton of bands who were like worth tickets. So we always got all these spots, and that that kind of was like everything started with the live How, show. So where was so 2016 the song 90s? Mm-hmm. I remember. So approximately what year was this stuff going on that you're referring to right like now? Like 2000 between like 2012 and 2014, 15. I'm trying to figure it out. Okay, and then finally like 2015, I'm like okay. I got this song called 90s. I think it's pretty good. Put it out and it like does pretty good on Spotify. And I'm like, what is like, what is this? And then it's just like that with 90s doing good right off the bat. That I think really gave me like encouraged me to like keep going. Like right off the bat, I was like, oh, and I'm making a couple hundred bucks a month off this like thing. I'm like, maybe music can be my job. And then, you know, just continuing to build it off of that. Hey, what was the name of? One of the bars that you played at where you were at there for three hours. The number one bar was called Hunter's Ale House. Hunter's Ale. And did anyone ever tip you? Like, hey, can you play this song and they give you a dollar? I never did request because I didn't know I didn't know anything but what I was playing. But I wasn't <laughs> playing like hits. I didn't know hits. <laughs> I was playing like these weird Noel Gallagher B-sides from like his solo flying birds Yeah, thing. Flying Birds stuff. Yeah. Like, I was like, this song is good. It's like I have it on the a B-side of this single CD that I have. Um, <laughs> that's what I would play. It was just stupid. What was your most out of the box song for you that was popular? Where you're like, I'm gonna play it acoustically. Was there any like pop punk stuff that you threw in? Was there any country? I think I played. Is it, is it Home by Garth Brooks? I think that's a Garth. I don't know Garth Brooks Library. I that don't know well, either, maybe. but I played okay. that song. I liked that song. I think someone played it on American Idol one. I was like, oh, what's oh. this thing? The song that went over always really well. Yes. And not in like a positive way, like everyone was sad. Uh oh. Was Lua by Bright Eyes. Oh, you played Bright Eyes? I would like play that at a bar. Wow. At 11 p.m. on a Friday night. You must have had some people, though, walk up to The managers liked it because they were like, we like that you're not just playing like all the big songs, but you're playing all these weird ones. I was like, yeah, I guess. Thanks, man. I was like, all I know. For some people, you are the greatest jukebox in the world. For others, they're like, what is this jukebox? Who they, is this they guy? They were breaking up with their significant others. They're like, why yeah. am I? Yeah. Uh, those were, yeah. 
Wow. We're sitting here in L.A. What's the first venue that you played in Los Angeles? School night. At, uh, is that in downtown? Bardo. Oh, at Bardo. Yeah, which is above some club, right? On Hollywood Boulevard. It was the first time I ever played at L.A. The second time I ever played L.A. was to Fonda. Oh, and, but it was so opening for a, some band. You don't remember the band? Last Dinosaurs. Okay. Yeah. The Fonda is such a great cool venue. Yeah. And then we, the most recent L.A. show, besides the one that's happening on Saturday, is uh, we played the Palladium with Manchester Orchestra. And that was uh, very, very, very cool. What's the name of the Manchester Orchestra song that you guys did together? Oh, yeah. We have the song called In My Head. In my head. Yeah. So how did that come about? We, um, I connected with Andy online, a cover of his songs. And then one of my label guys is like, I know his manager. Do you want me to try to like put you in a room? And I said, sure. I don't know what that will be like, but I, I'm a huge fan. They're like one of those bands that was on my laptop from when I was a kid, you know? And so, uh, I drove down to Atlanta and like pull up to this house so he said yes. Oh, yeah. They're, but, they're so nice. Wait, Michigander, aren't you at all nervous knowing that someone on your team is going to call them and they're going to be like, no, and then it would hurt your feelings? I Yeah, but I, I, I'm okay with no. You are? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm not. I get I, sad when I ask, have a request, and they say, and someone says no. I get so sad, and I, I dwell on it a lot. Do you really? Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, I used to be that way, but now I'm just like, now we're just throwing so much at the walls. <laughs> so if something sticks, right. we're good. But yeah, he they invited me down to Atlanta, and I pull into this random neighborhood, and he would, very unassuming, knock on a door, and the whole house is like, they don't live there. It's like their studio. Okay. Uh, knock on the door, and Andy opens the door, and he goes, hey, I'm Andy. And I said, yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Jason. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> and then Rob comes out. This is the first time I've met them, and I've been massive fans. It's very weird to think about that interaction now, because... Like, we are friendly now and uh, pals, but it's just, um, it was very cool. Like, in 36 hours, we wrote a song and recorded it. Did you have ideas going in? I had one little voice memo. I was like, this is the vibe, and this is what the song's about. Let's focus it on that. And they did. And we did. And in 36 hours, song complete. Song complete. And then we were like, it's a demo. And then we're like, actually, it sounds better than a demo. And so we just tweaked it a little, and, and then we put it out in the world. We got to tour with them. It was the best, right. yeah. like absolute best. What about with Chris Caraba? How'd that yeah. collab come about? Um, was writing this new EP, and I was like, I need a couple more songs. And somebody was like, I was like, if there's anybody in Nashville, um, maybe you know someone who's good, let's do it. And someone came back and we're like, you know, Chris Caraba lives in Nashville. I said, oh, well, that would be cool, I guess. Uh, and so. We got in a room with Chris and a guy named Sam Tenez and a guy named Seth Mosley, and we just spent a day in the studio. I had this I had this idea. It sounded like a Lumineers song or something, like a folk song. And I was like, I don't want it to sound like that. I love the Lumineers, but like, that's, I wanted to sound something like, like a pop song. And so we took it, and we wrote it. And uh, after this thing, Chris, I'll never forget it, Chris, we walked to our cars, and Chris said, it was really nice listening to you sing today. And I said, <gasps> you are the nicest person. Oh my He's so God, sweet. He is. Yeah. Kind of bizarre, you know. I hope you're proud because oh, yeah. uh, this can't happen to just anybody. It's you gotta have yeah. skill and uh, well, per, and I mean, you need a lot of things going for people like this to want to work with someone. Yeah, you're doing them incredible. Thanks, man. You're welcome. Yeah. It's uh, it's surreal a lot of times. Yeah, it's weird. I see some shows are selling out on this tour, and I was just like, 
really like last night I was just like reflecting on it and like I started crying at like journal oh, for like an hour and like wow. uh like this is so bizarre that it's like working after like a long time of not knowing if it would. Um and maybe it's not, but it feels like it is to me at least. It will never be the same, which is the latest EP. Are there more than two collabs on there? And is that something that you thought going into making this, that you were going to work with different people? I didn't think about collaboration really ever until I started going to Nashville a good amount. Mm. Because like, that is like the big thing. It's like you just get to collaborate with people and everyone is like, no one's precious about it. And it's just everyone is um, like there for the song. And at least in my experience, there's not a ton of ego. And it's just, like, really cool. It's, like, we're here to write these songs. And so this is, like, I mean, every song has some collaboration on it in some regards. You know, like, my friend Gabby sings on a song. My friend Allie sings on a song. My friend Dylan sings on a song. It's cool. It's just weird that, like, this is the first time, like, if you look at the vinyl credits, it's, like, there's a lot of names. And before it was just, like, four of us in a room. Right. A producer and two other musicians and, like, maybe a horn player, and we're, we're good to go. Did you have to take any ego out of collaborating with people for the betterment of the song? You may have come in with this idea, and since you're the backbone to it, it's got to go this way. But then your friend Gabby or whoever it is says, I'm feeling this, and then you have to give up some of your idea because you know it's better for the song. I think I used to be a lot more like that, but I've learned over time that I don't always have the best idea. And even though it is like a solo project, it is... I'm the gander or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's funny. Even though it's like, is my thing. It's like, I'm not going to work with somebody unless I like trust them or like they are someone I'm like really familiar with their work. Like that is like, I just can't like, I've kind of gotten to a point where like, I feel like I find the best from like working with my friends or working with people I really admire. And it's hard to get in a room for me with people I don't know at all. don't know anything about them. It's hard to bring ideas to those sessions that you might, because once you kind of throw all like these lyrics and this whole idea into a song, it's like that exists and that person is now part of that song. Right. So if you if you don't want to give those ideas up, then hold on to them until you know you can work with someone you trust. So that's kind of taken me into this place where I want to, you know, just kind of figure it out uh, with somebody I trust. So are you having fun overall with this? Is it a good time? I don't mean this hang out with me. This, well, this I right mean, now is the best time. Yeah. Are you relaxed right now? I'm relaxed. This? this chair is so nice. I love this chair. I bought these chairs in LA at a vintage store. Ooh. And they were on a second level. And my eagle eye saw it. And so I went up the stairs and I said, These are perfect for the tune on toast room. Yeah. Just sit and look at each other. Yeah. I don't know if it's I'm not good with fashion or anything. It's like mid century, something They're or other. Nice. Did you get the table at the same time? Uh the table I got at the Palm Springs vintage flea market. Okay. So you're you're, brought, you're out there. <laughs> yes. I love this table too. What's your favorite MySpace band risk? Discovery. Oh my god. Like one where you're like, oh my god. I I have a pretty good one. But I'll you go first. No, I want to hear yours first. I remember hearing Hometown Glory. Uh by Hometown Hero? No, by Adele. Oh wow. And then I heard that and then a few months later she played Letterman. Something something like And you were on it early. And I felt like and now I feel cool. That's like one that I that was I have like three bands where I was like, those bands are I got the only ones I ever got on early. Uh, I saw Phoebe Bridgers open for Julian Baker in like a tiny, oh. tiny club. And you thought 100 what? people in. I walked up to her after the set and I fist bumped her and I said, hey, great set. I didn't think anything. Like, I was like, it was good. Like, I didn't think anything of it. And like, like I was just like a Julian Baker fan and saw 
her play and uh hippocampus was like another band. oh yeah yeah like i love that band see i was on the radio i still am when <laughs> myspace started so i would get sent cds every single day yeah but i'll tell you some songs that i heard in bands before anyone heard of them yeah and then i went to see them play at small venues uh the strokes yeah i've heard of that band jack johnson never yeah he has a couple songs right? yeah <laughs> yeah um the Linkin Park guys, before they were even Linkin Park. Wow. Uh, it's the first person to play System out here. Wow. 21 Pilots as yeah. well. The local band that made it. Like, they are like Columbus, Ohio. Oh, right. There you go. Yeah, like, the Midwest band. Like, yeah. I knew, like, they worked so hard. Like, they, that's what, they, like, started with the show. Like, they were just playing these shows. And it was so cool. Be like, oh, I saw them, pl- I heard about them playing with my friends before in, like, 200 cap rooms. And now they're headliners you know have you had highlights in your career is it playing a certain festival is it getting noticed by an executive is it a random message you received on twitter do you have a highlight or two today no uh, like the the, (laughs) like after i got like management and signed i got to go like hang out at Lollapalooza for the first time you got to like watch the stroke side stage and i was standing there with hosier and maggie rogers i didn't say anything to them it was just like us and like them and standing there watching in like in front of seventy thousand people, and be like, "How am I here?" That was just a pretty surreal moment. And the next year, getting to play Lollapalooza in front of like wow. ten thousand people, wow. we were only expecting a couple hundred to show up. But then there's like walking off that stage at Lala in twenty twenty one. Like walking off that stage, I like physically like was hit with like a mo- like I cried, oh. and I was just like I could felt it in my shoulders. Like physically, it was like it was crazy. When things come to fruition that you dream about, it is the best so feeling and bizarre. But then, when you when that feeling wore off, were you like, "What's the next?" Well, that's, that's always like, "What's next?" I know. Doesn't that suck that your it brain just suck. can't that's enjoy humans, it? We always just God, want the next thing, and it's just it. like how like we haven't played a big festival in a minute, and we're like we get to play some stuff later this year. You like, do what are you playing? Uh, I can't say yet. Oh, okay. But I'm excited. But we're doing something in fall. It's big, and I'm just like I'm geeked about it. I mean, we get to, we've just gotten you know like playing festivals. We've been lucky to have like good a good team that gets some good slots and in front of the right people on the right days, and so they're always pretty beneficial. And uh, yeah, it's just cool. We've covered a lot of ground so far. Yeah, this is amazing for the radio portion. Um, I'm gonna play the song Super Glue right now, cool. and we've already discussed about the video and all that. But can you just give me like a two sentence? I don't need to know what the song is about. But just what do you feel when I mention the title Super Glue? Yeah, this is the first song that I wrote for the record. I started it in 2020 and I finished it in 2022. And so this is, I'm so proud of this song. It feels so good live and I'm very excited to play it at a big festival sometime. Awesome, man. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up right there. Thank you so much. It's always surreal for me when an artist that I like is over at my house. I mean, your house. I know, you're over. It's crazy. Oh, my God. I'm going to steal both these chairs. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I, I tell every guest, you have permission to go through any drawer <laughs> in the kitchen. I want you to feel so at home. Okay. You can take anything with you that you want. Okay, deal. And um, congratulations on everything you've accomplished, man. Thanks, man. You're getting fans, more fans by the week. And, of course, the EP, it will never be the same. He is Michigander. Thank you for being on Tune on Toast, Thanks man. Thanks for having me. You got it. That's great. That's another episode of Strikers Tuna on Toast. Promise it'll get better. Most likely. For sure.
Maybe.